0: I don't know. For some reason, Doug, I, I really like coming in off of songs that like finish like they're done in front of a live studio audience because I feel like people are clapping for me. I don't, I don't know why. I just it, it's been like that growing up. Doug Hodgkins is the author of this book right here in front of me, entitled Lewiston Politics in the Gilded Age, from 1863 to 1900." He's in with us now. This is actually the uh, follow-up to his other book, which was entitled. Frontier to Industrial City: Lewiston Town Government from 1768 to 1863. Good morning, Doug.
1: Good morning. Now glad
0: I got to. Glad to have you. Now I, I got to ask you: You did not get a time machine and travel back in to get all of this news. So there must have been a, a, a lot of research done. I mean, from 1768 to 1863, I can't imagine you, it's just as easy as going onto the web and, and looking things up. There had to have been some pretty substantial research done for this. How did how did that go?
1: Yes, for the, uh, for the period uh, in the uh, uh, earlier book from uh, 1768, uh, I did have to do a lot of research uh, uh, involving uh, diaries, uh, uh, journals that people wrote who were uh, involved in politics. Uh, toward the end of the period, the newspapers came along, so I got a bit of uh, material there. I also uh, went through the uh, uh, official records of the town meetings. They had town meetings at the, the in, during town government, and uh, I uh, went through all of the records and and uh, extracted materials. Wow, that's how much? How much? How long does that take? I mean, that's
0: I can't imagine that's a two-week process.
1: No, not at all. You don't just do uh, the uh, term paper at the last minute. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, it took uh, several years. Uh, so that uh, really it was about five years for that book and another five years for the current book. So
0: Now let me, what made you, you know, a lot of people want to write about their life story. They want to b- write about different things. What made you decide you wanted to write about uh, Lewiston Politics?
1: Well, uh, I'm a political scientist by training, so... Well, that would uh, be step number one. That That's would be good. step number one. Uh, but uh, I uh, uh, retired from uh, teaching uh, politics and uh, uh, was very interested in, in local history. Uh, I wrote a book, uh, or, which was a compilation of pictures entitled Lewiston Memories uh, for the uh, Lewiston Bicentennial and uh that started me in in the process and uh further I'm a, a native of Lewiston and my ancestors go way back to the very beginning indeed the first uh, uh settler was an ancestor of mine uh, david hildreth um paul hildreth i'm sorry uh and uh so my my ancestors were involved uh in uh, local politics, and uh that's the the genealogy plus the uh interest in, in local history uh uh
0: kind of stimulated and kind of all tied in together there right that's pretty nice doug douglas Hodgkin is on the book, but his name's doug Hodgkins. he I guess he's okay with that. We're talking about his new book, Lewiston Politics and the Gilded Aids, from 1863 to 1900. We'll be talking more about that coming up. Three more segments here on The Breakfast Club this morning. It's 8:12. By the way, there was a hit and run on the corner of Bartlett and Sabata Street in Lewiston this morning. Apparently there's something going on ambulance-wise. The uh, pedestrian is in a non-life-threatening situation, and they did track down the driver. So, good job, L. Lewiston, PD. It's a Breakfast Club, Z1055. The news continues now on the... LA's only local radio station. Author Doug, Hodgkins is in, uh, Doug Hodgkin is in, sorry, we have a bunch of Hodgkins here, so I just, I'm constantly like that there's so many Hodgkins. Oh, I've, uh, I've dealt that. with that, Yeah. Oh, yeah, for the, your entire life, I'm sure. it's It's got to be fun, people adding that S onto your name, like, is there more of me here? Great. He's the author of Lewiston Politics in the Gilded Age, 1863 to 1900. Where can we pick this book up?
1: Um, you can get it uh, most conveniently probably at Victor News on Park Street in Lewiston, uh, but other places are the Bates College Bookstore, the Androscoggin Historical Society, uh, and from me. <laughs> <laughs> just, go, <laughs> so, uh, just go track Doug down. Or the Maine Historical Society has uh, a bookstore in Portland that uh, uh, one can uh, find it online and, and order it online. So, so those, those are the uh, basic outlets. All right. How have the parties
0: changed uh, from from the old days to now? Because, you know, your book starts off with the Republican era era from 1863 to 1877. Are those eras of Republicans different now from this era of Republicans and vice versa with the Democrats and everything?
1: Um in terms it, of, like, what they all stand for. Oh, now, in terms you know? of what yeah, they stand yeah, for. Yeah. Um, the people are yeah. obviously different. Yes, nobody, <laughs> sure.
0: uh, none of them were able to find Fountain of Youth things. No. That's
1: right. Um, yeah, that's, the parties have uh, changed places in terms of what uh, we would consider liberal conservative. Uh, and that was happening uh, at the period of time that we're talking about. Uh, the... Uh, Republicans were uh, the uh, more progressive party uh, in uh, the 1860s when the party was founded, and it was well, it was founded in the 1850s, uh, and uh, uh, they were the in favor of uh, uh, abolition of slavery. Uh, they were in favor of. Uh, temperance uh, that was a, a liberal concern at the time um, but as economic issues became uh, more prominent uh, the uh, parties started to switch sides it wasn't completed until after the period of 1900 that I uh, cover in the book but you could see things happening uh, as uh, uh, for example the uh, uh, a, a conservative uh, Irish faction in the Democratic Party was uh, read out of the party by uh, a younger uh, cohort and uh, they s- switched over to the uh, Republicans and helped to make the Republicans a, a bit more conservative uh, oh, wow. a lot of things a lot of things were going on at the time uh, the uh, uh, the McKinley era uh, at uh, the in the 1890s, uh, also started, it to started the Republican Party to be conservative. And, and as uh, labor issues emerged uh, with the uh, uh, workers in the textile mills, uh, one could see the uh, Democratic Party becoming more liberal using today's terms. Excellent.
0: Doug Hodgkins is uh, Doug Hodgkin is an author. yes, he's not related to Vic or Chris who work here. He's the author of Lewiston Politics in the Gilded Age from 1863 to 1900. We'll have more with him coming up. You're listening to the breakfast club. It's 825 32 degrees on Z1055. USA Radio Network course, I'm Ray Canterbury after trailing for much LA's only local radio station. It's Breakfast Club with Maddie B on a Tuesday morning. Continuing our conversation now with Doug Hodgkin talking about the Lewiston, talking about Lewiston politics in the Gilded Age. It's his latest book going from 1863 to 1900. You can pick up a copy of that at Victor News. You can find Doug around town. He's He's got him there as, as well. So what um, did you go like in terms of like how you styled the book? Did you go in like a, a chronological order and just go by eras and, and, and break things off that way? Or did you did you do it a little bit differently? How did that go?
1: Well, at the beginning, I did, uh, with regard to uh, the contests for uh, political office, I went by uh, periods of time, uh, but um, most of the book is devoted to particular uh, functions of the city government, such as the provision of water, the provision of transportation, the provision of streets uh, and bridges. Uh, uh, the uh, police department, the fire department, and and so on. So that uh, that became uh, uh, an organizational principle as to the kinds of uh, things that the city was doing. Uh, so uh, even with regard to the schools, uh, the library, and the like.
0: Now... Uh- The 1900s or the late 19th century, it has been depicted. It's it's kind of a a rough one in the nation's urban history. That you know, political corruption stuff started to started to eke up. How did how did Lewiston fare against that or with that or was it a part of the whole thing?
1: Okay, that was a major theme or a major concern of the book as to uh, whether the uh, bad rap that the cities had uh, uh, was. Uh, similar in Lewiston. Uh, Most of the uh, books that have been written about the machine politics of the uh, late 19th century uh, have dealt with large cities, New York, Boston, St. Louis, uh, and the like. And uh, so I thought, well, what happens when you're having a smaller city? uh, And uh, That was a major concern of mine as I uh, approached this book. So I, uh, to make a long story short, I found that it was not quite as machine politics in Lewiston as as elsewhere. Partly it was because uh, even though it began as uh, a very heavily Republican town, it shortly became more competitive so that there was alternation in office between the parties, so that no one boss could uh, uh, run things. However, there were uh, possibilities of uh, corruption uh, uh, involved uh, as well. Um, Both uh, parties uh, seemed to engage in it. Well, it was corruption as we would consider it today. uh, members of the city council uh, often did business with the city. If they were a lawyer, they did legal work for the city, or if they uh, were a uh, grocery store owner, they might sell uh, uh, food and, and the like for uh, assistance to the poor. Uh, so that, uh, and, and this seemed to be a common practice, and nobody paid much attention to it until toward the end of the period. Um, so uh, it was a mixed bag, and, and it was not quite as uh, corrupt as uh, we get the image of uh, with regard to the large cities. Lewiston did, uh, did accomplish a lot, though, even though uh, they uh, uh, did uh, subscribe to the uh, ethos of the day.
0: Lewiston Politics in the Gilded Age, from 1863 to 1900. It's written by Douglas Hodgkin. He is in this hour talking about that book. We have one more segment with him coming up. It's 845, 34 degrees. It's The Breakfast Club on Z1055. The Breakfast Club! The news continues now. 854. Wrapping up with Doug Hodgkin. Final segment with him. Talked about Lewiston Politics in the Gilded Age, 1863 to 1900. Yeah, you've got a couple of segments in here, and you can get this book at Victor News, by the way. You've got a couple of segments in here, uh, a couple of uh, sections in there, uh, Doug, about uh, the teachers and the the changes in in their jobs. In fact, it used to be that they weren't required to keep attendance. I found that pretty fascinating.
1: Right. Uh, They weren't required, uh, (laughs) although uh, ultimately they they were during this period that— Uh, was uh, uh, adopted as a policy Uh, but uh, the real problem was that uh, there wasn't enough space for uh, everyone to attend school Uh, the uh, city had a had a difficult time uh, constructing schools uh, fast enough to accommodate the burgeoning population uh, as uh, people moved here to uh, to work in the mills, um, but uh, that what they were able to do was uh, build several schools, uh, s- s- many of which are on the landscape today, although they're being used for different purposes. Uh, so uh, uh, many many uh, uh, students or many uh, y- young people did not attend school um, because a lot of them were working in the mills. Uh, and that uh, was of concern to the school board and, and others who were concerned with uh, these uh, these people being candidates for crime, as, as they said, uh, because uh, they felt that ignorance uh, led to uh, uh, a, a criminal activity. And furthermore, the kids would get in trouble if they were on the streets. So... Uh, uh, there, was, there were a number of issues involved in in school attendance.
0: I, I that's a, it's amazing that they didn't they weren't required about that in the beginning. So another story that I like too was kind of the changes in Lewiston about the uh, the water. I know there was some stuff going on with with Lake Auburn, and there were a couple of different decrees and some different things done at that point as well.
1: Yes, uh, the uh, initially the uh, city uh, well did not provide. Uh, water services to the, to the people uh however in the uh in the 1870s uh they uh, did start to do that and where did they get the water from the river <laughs> uh so uh, uh they felt here was this stream running by that uh, uh was uh, perfectly good to uh, to drink and so on but ultimately with uh a number of things going on with regard to pollution. Some was local in that, uh, well, the water was taken above the falls and the sewers were, uh, outlets were below the falls. And so uh, they felt that they had solved that problem not, without regard to people downstream. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, people were upstream uh, for us and in Lewiston and uh Furthermore, with the population increase, uh, people were settling uh, in what we would call suburbs today, but uh, uh, in the outskirts of Lewiston, and runoff into the river would uh, be a problem. Finally, uh, you had the paper mills uh, constructed, and uh, the uh, concern was uh, chemicals in the water, Although what really uh, uh, indicated they needed to do something was that was there was some fine pulp that was accumulating in the pipes of the city, and and if you boiled water in, from your tap, then uh, there would be uh, a skim on the top of the uh, mm. the water. Yummy. So uh, then, uh, in 1899, they decided to uh, uh, take the water from uh, uh, Lake Auburn, although that was only after uh, considerable uh, political maneuvering uh, and uh, decision-making as to whether that we should filter the water from the river or or take the water from Lake Auburn or from Lake Sabatis or from Allen Pond and Green. Uh, they finally uh, uh, bit the bullet and uh, established a a committee uh, separate from the water commission, the existing water commission, and that committee uh, uh, went ahead to uh, uh, make the arrangements and the city council uh, endorsed it.
0: Doug Hotchkin, he did the book Lewiston Politics of the Gilded Age from 1863 to 1900. You can pick up a copy at Victor News in Lewiston. You're listening to The Breakfast Club on Z1055. Doug, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: It's 9 a.m. You're listening to L.A.'s only local radio station. It's Z1055. The Breakfast Club.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Club with Maddie B. It's The Breakfast Club. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>